0: Yeah? Give me a... I don't know. <laughs> Give me some feedback. Um, for those of you who... I mean, I don't know how much. I'm not up here massively. So I'm Ruth. I'm Jonathan's wife. Three girls, which is crazy. Um, juggling them all is, is no joke. I salute, like, mothers and families that have more than three kids. Because <laughs> right now, I'm probably at capacity. Um, I, I've been loving this series, has anyone else, has it, have the messages hit you in some way um, in the framework of simplicity, but they're now really talking as well as I, I lack nothing and looking at all of those areas in which we do not lack anything. You know, Josh and Kerry did an amazing message last week about forgiveness of the Father and forgiving each other. Um, have, have they been helpful for you guys? Have you resonated with them? Okay, I'm, I, I did live in America for like four and a half years. I do love feedback, I, so give it to me, okay? <laughs> Even if it's like this, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so I want to talk today a little bit about health and our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. I, I personally view it as super important, but I want to start first, most importantly, with a few um, jokes. <laughs> Um, So, okay, question. Does an apple a day keep the doctor away? Well, only if you aim it well enough. Hey! Um, Okay, these are doctor's notes. So this is a discharge status. Alive, but without my permission. I found that one pretty funny. (laughs) The patient has been depressed since she began seeing me in 1993. Maybe you should discharge her. (laughs) Um, She's numb from her toes down. I'm sorry, I didn't know I had anything after my toes. (laughs) On the second day, the knee was better, and on the third day, it disappeared. (laughs) Where did they go? (laughs) Mrs. Evans slipped on the ice, and apparently her legs went in separate directions in early December. Never happened to me before. <laughs> I found those funny. Um, so yeah, I want to talk today about health and how I believe God has designed us to lack nothing, that we are actually designed perfect. Um, and I'm super passionate, as you get to know me, I'm really passionate about health. I'm really passionate about living very holistically um, in, in all areas of our life that everything integrates together. And I was definitely that annoying kid that on sports day was like, oh, yay, sports day! And everyone else is like, oh, okay, here we go, 800 meters. Or like, I guess I'll try and do the triple jump or whatever. And I'm like, yes, let's do it! I even broke my arm and couldn't uh, take part in sports day once, and that was probably the saddest year. Like, I still remember it. I was in year six, and I just remember the pain of not being able to take part in that sports day. I did my first year of netball. Loved that, and I actually proposed to you, I think we should start a church netball team. So hit me up if you would be interested. I think that that would be super fun um, to look into that. So message me if you want to do that. I've worked in gyms, I'm an aerobics instructor, Um, I went to dance school for three years, so like trained six hours a day, ballet, jazz, tap, contemporary, musical theater. I'm kind of like a musical theater girl, really. You can probably tell a little bit. I love myself, a bit of musical theatre, uh, and my girls will testify to that. They, they are my audience now, right? Throughout this whole year, they've been my audience. Um, and over time, so I've just been, I've been going on this journey, over time I've realized, and I, and I suspect most of you have too, that there is a, massive, uh, there's a direct correlation between what we eat and how we feel. And also there's a direct correlation between how we feel and how we are in our bodies, how we can relate to God and how I, have m- how I can have more time for God if I'm healthier because I can stay awake longer and I, my concentration is better and I can just spend more time with God. And I think then also in the physical, our bodies are designed to move and I'm a dancer and when I dance, I just feel God. And I know you'll probably speak to actors. When I act, I just feel God. But I really believe it's this physical um the movement of our bodies, which they're designed to do, that when we do that, it's just a true worship expression, right, of God. And we just feel his presence and his and his acceptance and his, his pleasing smile. And that's so the way I believe God's designed us. And I think sometimes in church that we can create separate bubbles for different things. Um, we can say, okay, this is church, I go on a Sunday morning, and then this is my spiritual life that I have in my week, this is the health that I talk about with my doctor, this is the food that I eat, this is my work, and this is my family. And they're all very separate bubbles, but I believe that God wants us to experience him through every area of our life to the fullness. We wanna have an encounter in every area of our life and that may not seem spiritual, right? Church seems spiritual, but actually, when I dance and when I was on stage at dance school, when I would dance, I'm like, I feel the presence of Jesus. When my teachers were shouting at me like, give me 20 more press-ups, I reach my physical end and I find myself going, God, I can't do this. But that's like me again calling out to him within my physical lack and my physical inability. But it brings me closer to God. So I, so here it is, I just believe that God's designed us that we lack nothing. And our bodies are designed to carry energy and vibrance and n- not lack the concentration that we wanna have when we um, spend time with Jesus or when we talk with friends. In three John one verse two, he starts off his letter saying, "Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along." And we see, um, we see that there's a separation in there that he's saying, "Hey, while you are uh, focusing on your spiritual health, don't neglect your physical health." He's saying that, and and we see that also the Great Commission. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. If our bodies physically cannot carry the word of the Lord to the places that God has specifically told you to go, we need to change something if we can't mentor people, if we can't care for someone, if we can't love them, if we don't have the capacity to help someone because our physical bodies can't do it, uh, we need to look at that and ask questions about why. Because we are called to partner with God and that commission from God is to, you have the Holy Spirit now, you can take him. Take him and share Jesus with your friends. We just won't affect the world the way that we desire it to be if we are not looking after our bodies and our health. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about that a lot. What does it mean? We house the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul's speaking to the church in Corinth. And he is talking about sexual immorality, but I want to just take this because it's about our bodies as well. Do uh, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. See, he is talking about sexual immorality, but it's also about giving your body to something else that is not God's. And that can also be related to food and health and addictions. Do not give yourself to anything that isn't God. Are we conscious that actually we are hosting God's presence with inside us? We are not our own. You are bought at a price. There's a weight to that. And do we carry that weight? Do we understand what that means to be bought at a price? See, when Jesus came to earth, he was completely sinless. And he came to earth for that reconciliation so that we would be with God for eternity. He closed that gap between man and God. And as we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life, we're accepting the Holy Spirit. We're accepting the Father to father us. And we're inviting him into our heart. And we're also giving ourselves up to be adopted into Jesus Christ's family, into into God's family. So we're not our own, and what would you do with something that isn't your own? If I borrow a book, you know, I'm super careful. I try to be, although now with kids, I realize I have to put everything up really high if I borrow something. (laughs) Normally it gets juice on it, or a page ripped, or someone eats it. Um, But we wanna look after something. We wanna look after it so that we give it back in such great condition, right? And and often when, when we've been house sitting, we house it and we, we house it with this uh, idea of we want to even give it back in a better condition. We wanna hoover it, vacuum it, just make or sure, stock the fridge, just bless that person. So then when you see, okay, my body is not my own, I I am a I'm a member of, of God's family, it is his body. How do I look after that? So the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and us being a temple of the Holy Spirit, what is that? What is that all about? See, a temple in the, in the Old Testament was this physical place. The temple is a palace. Central importance of the temple is worship. So what was in that temple was the holy, was the, was the holy presence of God, so you had... Um, the outer courts, the inner courts, and the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is where God resided, right? That was where his manifest presence was. And the high priests were only allowed in there. And that was like once a year. It's called Yom Kippur. They had to sacrifice specific animals for the atonement of their sins to make sure that they went into the Holy of Holies completely blemish-free, that they were completely sin-free, and they would sacrifice for their families, the people that they were overseeing for their sins, and that was in the Old Testament. So there's a massive reverence and awe when you enter God's presence. You enter clean with nothing. So that's the Old Testament. And then Jesus came. And Jesus is the idea that Jesus came to bring that reconciliation so that God would be throughout the whole world. He would live in us. We became the temples. So what was in the Old Testament, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies, now Jesus died for our sin. And that veil that separated the holy of holies from this outer court, sorry, the inner court, there's this veil there, that no one could step over that except for those high priests who had sacrificed um, animals for their sins. That when Jesus came, when he died on the cross, that veil was torn in two. And you read that, um, Matthew 27. At the moment that Jesus took his last breath, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the Holy of Holies where God resides to the inner court. So it's almost like, well, now that temp, that that a barrier has gone. It was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rock split. You were bought at a price. Jesus was, was sacrificed, but he beat death and he came up the other side and he was resurrected. And now the Holy Spirit resides within us. And we take God throughout the earth god is everywhere now through the through the finished work of jesus christ on the cross so now we're the temple of this holy spirit of the holy spirit and i'm pretty sure that as you read the old testament the way that they designed the temples were like these ornate lavish gold things with like huge altars in them and they were beautiful to look at and they were huge and they were looked after so well and and then we look at ourselves and we're like, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do we look after ourselves like they looked after the temples back in the Old Testament? Do we have that reverence for God that the high priests or everyone would have when they're about to go into that Holy of Holies? Do we, have, do we host God's presence with that reverence, with that, wow, God, you're, you're with me all the time and I can pray for people, and you're with them all the time. See, if our bodies aren't strong enough or well enough, then we may not be able to do what God has put on our heart to do, the dreams that he has put in your heart to do. God has de- like designed our bodies amazing the science that hasn't even discovered everything about the brain or, our, or how our bodies functions, the little bits that we know, it is incredible. I would, I would encourage you, go home and look it up. Like, the way that our body stance is always to heal itself. Always. Given half a chance, your body can naturally heal itself. Yes, yes, Exactly. <laughs> I, um, yesterday I was like refurbishing a chest of drawers and I'm scraping off this, uh, I don't know what we call it, veneer, something. And I'm scraping it off and I dig the scraper right into the palm of my hand. And it was painful. But literally today, I'm like, it's got a little scab on it. Given half the chance, your body is healing itself constantly. I didn't tell my body to do that. It's doing it. And that is the way God has designed it. If we fuel our bodies right, with the right nutrients, vitamins, uh, with the water, with getting rest, with receiving his Holy Spirit, our bodies want to heal itself. That's the stance that they have. But we need to give it space, right? Sometimes we, we need to give our bodies space to heal. We need to give them the time to heal. We need to give them the right nutrition, and we need to treat them well. Let's jump back into 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. Same, same um, passage, so talking about sexual immorality, they say at the beginning, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and he says, uh, this is what the people are saying, I have the right to do anything, Paul says, you say, but not everything is beneficial. And they say, I have the right to do anything, but Paul says, but I will not be mastered by anything. I think that there's a certain amount of abuse that we put our bodies through um, when we're like, well, we can do anything, right? We could do whatever we want. We have no boundaries in this world. In fact, more and more boundaries keep getting taken away all the time. You can eat this, you can do that, or whatever, but not everything is beneficial for us. And where do we draw the line? And where do we find the wisdom? Paul corrects them in saying, Um, Not everything is beneficial, and that's like eating, eating pizza. I could eat pizza, I could eat chips all day, I could eat crisps, I could drink pop, I could eat chocolate. Is it beneficial for my body? Probably not. Everything is permissible for me, like I can do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything, says Paul. I don't want to be controlled by anything, I don't want to be ruled by anything, I don't want to be addicted. To anything. You know those coffee mugs or t shirts that say, but first, coffee. What if it said, but first, Jesus? What if the first thing that when we did in the morning wasn't like, okay, before I hang out with God, just need to get my cup of coffee? Because in reality, you're saying, I need to get my energy from that coffee so that I can go and spend time with Jesus. Like, I'm like, I don't know, maybe we should start to get up and go, but first Jesus. Coffee can wait. I get my strength, my energy from God and then I come and I enjoy an amazing cup of coffee in the pleasure of Jesus and just drinking it with him. I think that also when we're addicted to things, it clouds our judgment, it clouds our wisdom, it clouds our thoughts. When we don't feed our body with the right things, we don't have the strength or the energy to spend as much time with God as we wanna do or spend as much time with people helping them as we wanna do. We don't have the energy to wake up early because we're lethargic and we're tired, but actually that's potentially, not all the time, and I do want you to hear me in this message. This isn't a message of condemnation. This is a message of like, come on, church, Let's see the food that God has given us. But I understand that there are certain illnesses that aren't cured by just food, and I love doctors. So I want you to hear this message of if there are things we can change, let's change them. Let's let's educate ourselves on food and how we feed our body. You probably, most of you, have heard of the story of Daniel. Um, I'm just gonna read it. So Daniel, there's this king called Nebuchadnezzar, and he is, uh, he's like a feared leader in Babylonia. And they have invaded Jerusalem, which is where Daniel is and his friends. And they invade Jerusalem to take the most talented, the most like hench, amazing, wise people so that they can build an army, so that he, continue, he can continue to be the most feared leader. So this is how David comes um, from Jerusalem into Babylon. And he comes with his friends, and he's training with all of the army. And he trains for three years, and he is given, like, the fine wines and the food from the king's household. And we read it in Daniel 1. It's kind of long, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um... But it says, Daniel 1.8, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile him that, that way. So he chose not to eat those choice foods and wine, the, probably the stuff that tastes amazing but doesn't feel so good after you've eaten it. And then shooting down to verse 12, he says, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then going on again, 15, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier, better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. And everyone's shocked by this, right? The official didn't even want to let them just eat fruits and vegetables because he's like, you're going to look weedy. I'm going to lose my job because you're going to look pathetic and weedy and not going to have energy. But actually, the opposite happens. They come out on top. And it says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding, this is verse 20, about which the king questioned them, them, Daniel being, and his friends, who ate the vegetables and the fruit and the water, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole world. Like, I would say there is an amazing story right there of how food changed someone's, even wisdom Right With their clarity in their minds, they can hear God better, they can do their job better. They stood up right there for what they believed in. They said no to the the king's foods and just ate vegetables and, and water. So spending time with God is another way to fuel our body. But we have to have a sharp mind to be able to spend time with God. So you see how there's this integration where everything works together. I believe that our bodies are are designed amazingly, that everything works together. So then to recap, so we've gone, okay, the Holy Spirit, right, in the Old Testament was in a temple. Now that Holy Spirit was was within us, right? And then our body isn't our own. Our bodies is Jesus. And then there's that great commission that God says, go into all the world and create disciples. And if we, do, if we aren't healthy and we don't, we're not physically strong or mentally strong or spiritually strong, we cannot do that. So then, what does it look like practically to look after my body? And I want to give you a few really quick, really quick pointers of how we can look after our bodies. Number one is hydration. Ta-da! Has anyone brought water today? Have you got water at home? Our bodies are 70 to 80% water. Our brains are 90% water. I think I have a lot of brains in there, but obviously I have a lot of water in there. You know, water removes waste from our body, it lubricates all of our joints, it protects our joints, it gives us healthy skin. And if you're thirsty, you're probably on the way or are dehydrated. We should be drinking like two liters, two and a half liters a day of water. The good stuff. High quality H2O. Are you drinking enough water? That will just generally help your concentration. When you want to sit down and pray, don't grab a coffee. Just drink some water first. The importance of sleep. Sleep directly impacts our mental health and our mental sharpness. It gives us, if we get a great sleep, we're productive. Like, I've just come out of, like, no sleep with a newborn. And I'm like, I have no idea who I am when I have no sleep with a newborn. Up all hours of the night, Trying to put like, the milk in the cupboard when you're like, making a cup of tea. Like, all these different things that's going on, and I'm like, I know firsthand. Mums, when you're sleep-deprived, it's hard, right? You cannot, you don't have even like, emotional balance. It's kind of like your body just gets really off-kilter. And we're supposed to have like seven and a half to nine hours sleep um, a night. And if you don't get that, try napping in the day, but not for too long because we all know then you don't sleep at night, right? (laughs) Keep it to like a 10, 20 minute nap. But some pointers for getting a better sleep is to set a regular bedtime and a regular wake time. Our bodies work in rhythm. The nature works in rhythm. God works in rhythm. Once our bodies are in this notion of, oh, I go to bed here, that's okay, and I wake up here, that's okay, you're almost releasing your body to rest because it knows there's this rhythm going on. Get outside for 20 minutes a day, half an hour a day at least. Get that sun or the cloud sun, just the bright light somewhere, on your face, Just to get your serotonin levels up, which then releases melatonin, which helps you sleep at night. Get outside. Don't have screens in the bedroom, right? I think that's probably one of the hardest things in this day and age. We have phones all the time. We have screens. We watch Netflix. We just want to check to the news. Discipline ourselves. I've been trying to do this. I'm not great at it. But disciplining ourselves to read or just listen to music or have like a really nice chat not intense, because that's going to obviously not make us sleep, but like, just a really nice chat um, before bedtime, just to kind of bring this calmness, allowing ourselves to go to sleep. Cut down on energy drinks. Caffeine is like, everyone knows, it's a massive stimulant. I'm super sensitive to caffeine. Like, if I drink it, I literally go like this. And then I was talking to someone this week, they said the same thing, I get so hungry. I don't know if anyone else experiences that. I drink caffeine, suddenly I'm, like, eating everything, and then you crash, well, I crash, anyway. Um, right, I, we've all been there, we're lying in bed, why can't I sleep, and you go back throughout the day, you're like, oh, 4 o'clock, I had a coffee, whoops. You know, or, like, 6 o'clock, someone, I must have made tea, but it wasn't decaf. You're sat there like, no, I'm doomed for the rest of the night. <laughs> Try and cut out caffeine or energy drinks. I think in the afternoon it's going to really help you. Um, And then this is a big one. Fuel your body right. There are so many diets and things that, you know, programs that we can follow. I don't really see that in the Bible. What I see is Daniel eating vegetables and drinking water and being healthy. I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not telling you to be a vegetarian, but I think at least half of our plate needs to be fruit and vegetables. At least. And probably more heavy on the vegetables, because it has a ton uh, of a variety of nutrients, whereas fruit ha- does have sugar in it. Not bad, but it's, it let's go heavier on the vegetables, but half of our plate is fruit and vegetables. Every meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and then get the whole grains. So you've got rice, oats, buckwheat, quinoa, it goes on and on. Um, Whole grains are so important for us with every meal. And steer clear of processed foods, right? They're not good. Processed foods, I'm like, what does that even mean, a processed food? Basically means the moment that it started as its whole food, What's the process that happened to get to your plate? And if that process was this long, and if it was a carrot, but it ended up like, I don't know, looking like a potato, you're like, well, that's quite a big process right there. It doesn't really resemble what it actually came out as. So when we talk about processed foods, you're taking out all the nutrients, all the fiber, all the, like, shoving in a ton more stuff that wasn't even designed for it to be in the beginning. So therefore, these Processed foods are just not as healthy for us. Yet they're the easiest ones to grab, or we've been uh, conditioned or advertised to to say these are the easiest ones to do. Grab your chicken nuggets, grab your um, I don't know all the freezer foods, right? Um, and they are just it's just the unhealthier version, the less nutrient dense version. And actually, eating clean and healthy is not that hard. We just need to have a bit of knowledge of how. Cut down sugar. Oh, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> sugar tastes good. Sugar makes me feel good. Sugar like I need sugar to live. But we need this is the World Health Organization says we need six teaspoons of sugar a day. Okay? Six. That's tiny. In one can of coke in one can of Coke, there is nine and a half teaspoons. So you have one Coke a day, you're already over your limit of how much sugar we should have, because there is absolutely no nutrients in sugar, nothing. It doesn't do anything good for you. It just gives you that buzz of energy that we think we need. But if we ate clean, we wouldn't need the energy for the pick-me-up, because we would be so steady. And I want to live my life so steady, that even when it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, I do feel tired, but I don't feel like I've crashed, and my friend rings me up and like, I need you to come and babysit, I need to take my my other child to hospital, I'm like, I'm there, right? I don't have to pull myself off the couch because I'm so tired, and I don't have the energy to go and do it. When I have done the Daniel fast, me and Jonathan did it, I think like twice this year, we, even now, we reminisce back to those times where we're like, oh, I just felt like this the whole time. No matter what came our way, like no matter what happened in my life, I just felt like, I went to bed, I went to sleep. I woke up and I was like, oh, this is nice. Normally I'm like peeling myself off, you know? The, the, the pillow and the girls are like, give me breakfast. I'm like, okay, stumbling down. But when you eat clean, you're just stable. And I see a God that is stable. And that is what I want to be like for other people and to show who God is to other people. Eat less meat. I'm going to really uh, speed up. Eat less meat. We need to eat. Like when we have meat, it's like as size of our hand, right? That is it. The portion size is this. Meat, like we actually find it quite hard to process meat. I'm not against meat. I eat meat but I eat half my, half my plate is fruit and vegetables, and I would say at least 50% of your week be vegetarian. Don't eat meat because we think, we've been conditioned to think um, protein is all in the meat, when actually there's way more protein that is more easily accessible for our bodies when we digest it in like beans and pulses and legumes, and veg has protein in it. I know, you didn't know, right? It does. Veg has protein, so we don't need to always go to meat. It's this mental, I think, it's the way we've been advertised to, it's the way we've been brought up, Is like meat means, like, I've got to get my iron, and I've got to be healthy, and I've got to eat my meat, my steak, which is this big. No, it needs to be this big, (laughs) it's tiny. Um, We don't need it as much, but obviously everyone's different. Some people will need it more, some people will need it less. You've got to listen to your body. Um, eat organic if you can. It's quite expensive. I know, mum of three, we can't eat organic all the time. But there is this thing called the Dirty Dozen, which is the 12 foods that uh, suck up the most pesticides. So if you can't eat organic all the time, try eating off the Dirty Dozen list. The, um, try choosing organic off the Dirty do- Dozen list, which is like peaches and I think mangoes, maybe I've forgotten. But if you can't eat organic, it doesn't matter. Eat the veg. Eat the veg, it's still got nutrients in it, it's still really good for you. Number four, movement, right? Our bodies were designed to exercise, to move, to be exerted, to release the energy. We just we sleep better, we have a better health, there's a stress reduction when we, when we um, move our bodies, it improves our self-esteem, If you feel tired, exercise. Sounds weird, but you know that when you do it, you feel so great that it's almost like you're like, okay, I'm awake, I'm there. It might have been a hard slog at the beginning, but your body rises to it. Our bodies are designed to have energy, to be vibrant. Number five, get rid of the stress factor. We all have different stresses in our lives, and there are some things that we can control and some things that we can't, but if you can identify the ones that you can control, Minimize them. Stop hanging out with people that uh, make you feel like you're really bad. Um, Get a massage when you feel really stressed. Feel, um, like, get movement in your body. Do your hobbies That is just going to, let you know, relax you. There are going to be things that are going to be different for everyone. That's going to be your space, your time to just de-stress. Because we all know when we're stressed, what do we want to get? We want to have sugar and carbs and, like, give me everything because I'm stressed. I deserve this. Well, actually, to stay in this place of I'm stressed, I don't need food. I need to de-stress right? I don't need something to mask it. I need to de-stress. And that could be just hanging out with God, letting him take everything. Breathing is really key. Just breathe in and out. Do that four times. I do it while I'm driving, because let's be honest, I don't really sit down all day, every day. (laughs) I don't even get a moment. But when I'm driving, I just try and center myself and just breathe. Sitting in traffic, just breathe. Okay, God, you've got this. It just grounds you. Stress kind of leaves. I think as a church, we can over-spiritualize things. And I want you to hear me right here. I I absolutely know that we are in a spiritual world, that the Holy Spirit is here, that the enemy is here, that there's stuff that happens that is um, spirit. But when we're feeling tired or we get distracted when we're um, trying to spend time with God, we're like, oh, the enemy is trying to distract me. Sometimes we just haven't drunk enough water. And our concentration is gone. Sometimes we didn't get enough sleep. So I just I'm trying I'm trying to stay awake. I'm like, oh, the enemy's trying to, you know, he's trying to make me fall asleep. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have gone to bed at twelve. You should have gone to bed at ten to get up in preparation to get up, spend time with Jesus. And then sometimes we're like, oh, I'm getting sick so much. It's the enemy. I'm so attacked. Actually, you just have a weak immune system, and you need to clean up your diet, and you need to eat some probiotics, and you've got to get good gut health, and you need to exercise, use your lungs, get outside, and you won't get us sick. It's the way our bodies are designed by God, that there is spiritual, but there's also this physical, that God has given us everything we need to not lack in our physical health. Most of the pills we take cover up. They don't get to the root of the problem. And what I don't understand is how we can stand in church and say, God is a God of healing, and he doesn't want you to feel oppressed, and he doesn't want you to feel that lie is true, we're going to speak truth to you, but I'll go home and take a pill for my high blood pressure. I'm like, what? We try and find the root in our emotional, mental health and our spiritual lives. We try and find the root cause and we're like, we're gonna go after that, we wanna be healthy. But I'm just gonna sit over here and take all these pills because the doctor told me to and that'll thin my blood and that'll get this and this just, and when I take ibuprofen, it basically just dampens your pain receptors in your brain. But we're not asking the question, why? Why do I have high blood pressure? And don't get me wrong, I don't want you to go home and not take pills because I think they're amazing and they're there for a reason, but we have to always ask the question, why? Why do I feel like that? Let's go on a journey. Am I just eating too much fat and so like my heart's getting all clogged up and I actually need to change my diet to vegetables and really look at what I'm eating and that then will get to the root of the problem. I won't need my pills anymore because I'm healthy and I'm back and I'm alive and I'm how God designed me to be. We have to honor our bodies. God honors our bodies. God loves us. They're not ours. We are hosting God's presence. And to be effective in this world, I think we've got to be the healthiest we can be. I think we need to show the world that, hey, we, we're healthy, we're strong, we're vibrant. This is who God is if we are God on earth right? God is inside of us and we're being Jesus to people. We've got to be healthy too. We can't just neglect this side of ourselves because it's all about the Spirit. And hear me, it is about the Spirit and it is about God, but it's also about how I'm carrying that around. This isn't condemnation. I don't want you to feel condemnation, and I totally understand there are some sicknesses that just happen. And there are some things that just happen in our bodies. But I know that nutrition supports our healthy healing. Our bodies will always heal, given it the chance. So I want to end with 3 John 1 verse 2, which I said at the beginning. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. I feel like I said everything really fast, and I probably did. (laughs) I wanted to get everything in. I had 10 pages of notes, which I had to reduce down to like four. (laughs) You are designed for a purpose. And if you are not able to do what God has called you to do because of your physical health, Let's go on a journey, let's encourage each other, let's as a church start this walk of health and healthy eating and vegetables and healthy lifestyle. As we're doing that in our mental and we're doing that in our emotional and we're doing that on spiritual, let's start it in our physical bodies too. I want you to think about it this week, research it this week. Ask your body, ask yourself, what am I feeling? What are the ailments that I feel? Do I feel tired? Okay, if I feel tired, Let me look at my diet. Do I need more water? Just live um, asking yourself questions. Not condemnation. You should be healthier. It's live curiously. What am I feeling today? I'm tired? Okay. Well, maybe I won't reach for the coffee. I'll drink more water. I'll go for a walk outside, and I'll see how I feel. That didn't work? Okay, let's try something else. Live curiously. This is a journey. This is a journey of health but it's got to start somewhere. God bless you. Have a great week. (laughs) A healthy one.